This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 221 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, Earth, Tricks, and Fire. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Draper Therapies, Equestrian Collections, and Stable Comfort by Promat. You can find links to all of these terrific companies at StableScoop.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. I'm tired, Helena. Oh, no. I'm tired. Why? I'm Why? tired. Uh, we just got back from vacation. You know, we went away for the, a very long weekend. And when you, you know how you are the day after you get back? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you're tired. <laughs> you need a vacation from your vacation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But we had a blast. We were down in... Uh, we did, went down and did the the morning show live from Wright Lead Equestrian Center down with Michelle and Rick Bergeron. We love them. Yes, we love them. They're uh, listeners of ours. And we had a blast down there at Wright Lead in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then they took us all around. We got to see, we went to New Orleans. You would have laughed at that because <laughs> I thought about you, actually. Because you know how Jennifer doesn't like crowds. She yeah. doesn't like small areas. She's yeah. kind of claustrophobic, and she especially doesn't like drunks. So what do we do? We take her to the French Quarter, <laughs> where it has all of those things. And you're still married? <laughs> well, we were there during the afternoon, so it wasn't quite as bad as, you know, during the evening when, when they all come out. Um, but, you know, and one of the things about the French Quarter, if you have claustrophobia, I can see, because it's like one lane wide. Yeah. Uh, and you have all the balconies overhead. So it seems extra tight, you know? Yeah, yeah. And during the day, they allow the cars into the French Quarter, so it's not like it is in the evening where they close the streets off and you can walk down the middle of the street. Um, it, was, it was interesting. One of the things I found interesting, I don't, have you ever been there? No, not yet. Is when you think of the French Quarter, do you think of one street, Bourbon Street? Mm, yeah. It's actually six whole blocks of French Quarter. It's oh. much, much bigger than I thought it was. Um, a whole bunch of little side streets and, you know, and about 8,500 8, bars and, and 8,500 bars. Perfect. <laughs> strip clubs, bars, and uh, more bars were pretty much what it is. And, you know, we did have a good time, and I'm sure everybody that's been to uh, New Orleans is getting bored by this conversation, but that was fun. Jennifer got to ride there at Wright Lead, so that, so that was cool. She had a good yeah, time. Yeah, she posted that. a little comment that her horse, what, that, um, the horse she was on didn't appreciate something. I was like, what? Jennifer's always, her, the horses that she rides are always, like, they fall in love with her. She they do to, things. She was pushing his buttons a little bit, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> she couldn't, the, that's the dun, the cute little dun, right? Yes, yes. It was a Super dun. cute. Yeah, it is a cute horse and a very sweet horse. They use him for lessons there. Uh, he's kind of lesson, a little bit, you know, lesson sour, too. 
Oh, so uh, she was totally making him do like stuff that she yes. knew he could do, but that he was like, I'm a lesson horse. I don't yes, do that anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly, you, you described it perfectly. Uh, but it was neat seeing the Mississippi River, and we took a little cruise up and down the Mississippi River, and, and just we just had a good time. We got to see, um, we got to see my old friends uh, Mark and Tara, who were are the jesters that were my jester when we owned the acting company and did the medieval feasts. What are they doing down there? Well, that was interesting. They were down there at the Louisiana Renaissance Fair. Uh, they were hired <laughs> to be there, and it just so happened to be the weekend we were there. So we about an hour away. We took a ride over and spent a day with them. So now, are you usually in contact with them? So you knew that they were going to be there, oh, or were Facebook. you like, "Holy cow!" Facebook's oh. a wonderful thing. I can, you know, you can keep track of all. I would have never known it if it hadn't been for Facebook. Uh, but yeah, so I hadn't seen them in years, and you know, we did four hundred shows together, Mark and I. I played the king, and he was the jester, and we, you know, so we worked together for a long, 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 long time—ten years. Yeah. Wow. And so it was really nice to visit with them, and they're so happy and having so much fun. Talk about gypsies! They just—they're on the road doing their thing, traveling from Renaissance Fair to Renaissance Fair, living a camper, and couldn't be happier. Just entertaining people. Wow. So they're still going. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing that for almost 50 years. Holy cow! Yeah. He must really love it. He does. You know, once you're a performer like that, he started out street performing, which we saw a lot of in New Orleans, the street performers. Mm. Some good, some not so good. Uh, You know what my favorite ones are, by the way, just an ADD moment here, uh, is the statue people. What? The the people who just stand still and, (laughs) and don't move, the statue people. That's so boring. Oh, my God, they're good, though. I mean, they don't move. Their eyes don't move. Their mouths don't move. And it's like, are you real? So what do you do? Just stand there and look at them? Yeah. Like stare and at them? And you wait for them to move. And they don't Isn't, move. And they don't move. Isn't that kind of creepy weird? Don't you it feel like... It is kind like... of creepy weird, but I gave them money because I can't do that. <laughs> I you know, gave them money. My ADD kicks in. And we sat and watched this one guy. Uh, he was painted in silver. He was complete silver. He was sort of a, the, the uh, punk, uh, steampunk. He had the steampunk thing going with all yep. co- this costume that was sort of steampunk elements to it, and he was painted silver. And he didn't move for 15 minutes. I mean, not move. And he was standing on the balls of his feet. I, I, you know, he got a lot of money. He, he made good money. Can you imagine that? Standing still. <laughs> making money, standing still. Standing still. Only then, in America. And every once in a while, he'd move, and, and if, especially if a little kid came over, yeah. and to just look real close, then he'd move and scare the crap out of him. It was oh, so that's awful. <laughs> that <was> <laughs> that's rotten. <laughs> it was funny. It was good. That's you know who else was making of- a ton of money on the streets of New Orleans? Who? The balloon guy. Well, not well. I'm sure the strippers were too. But the balloon guy was making a ton of money. They must have had 15 little kids lined up. We were, we sat and we had beignets and and uh, stuff, and we were sitting there watching the balloon guy. And he was making balloon animals after balloon animals. And the line was 10 deep the whole the whole time we were there for an hour. I'm sorry. What 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 were you having? Beignets. What's a beignet? You know, it's very popular in New Orleans. It's like a donuty thing. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like funnel cake, and they cover it in, uh, but it looks like a donut, and and they cover it in powdered sugar, of course. And and I mean cover it in powdered sugar. So anything you cover in powdered sugar is good. Well, isn't that like a Zeppeli? I don't know what a Zeppeli is. That. Okay. It's Italian. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically fried dough beignets. with powdered sugar on it. Exactly. Top. You know, and it tastes just like funnel cake dough. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. boy, are they good. And it's very it's, popular there. It's um, it's like the mainstay of the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Damn, it's good. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I How can do you eat a do couple that? more. 
you can buy them by like threes or or the dozens. You know, people just get a dozen of them, sit there and chow down oh, on these things. God, my mother makes them really good too. Really well, <laughs> wanna, whatever, good. I she makes them. I don't make care. Them. They're good. It's fat and freaking carbs right. and sugar. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's totally like we're getting a nor'easter up here right now, so the wind is blowing. It's it's like hurricane all over again. Hur a hurricane <laughs> all over again. And so I'm looking outside and I'm thinking about this fried dough. With hot coffee. They make good coffee too. Yeah. So it's okay. fun. All so, right, we'll stop talking about vacation. Uh we have coming up, we have a lot of guests in the show today. We're gonna have start our first in a helmet series that we're we're doing here at the Horse Radio Network. That'll be coming up. We have Dr. Wing. Dr. Wendy Ying, Dr. Wing. We have Dr. Wendy Ying also from the Driving Radio Show coming on to talk to you about your horse. Yes, earth, fire, water, tricks. We got stuff. And then no uh, tricks. Well, no, I'll do tricks with my horse. <laughs> Heidi Harriet, who speaking of tricks, Heidi yes. Harriet is a trick trainer and she has a TV show coming up to teach you how to train your horse tricks. We're going to be talking to her as well. So we got a lot to do in this time. So let's get started with it. Right after this word from Stable Comfort, we are working with Charles Owen and Riders for Helmets here at the Horse Radio Network doing a special holiday series called Giving the Gift of Safety, Purchasing a Helmet for Your Loved One at Christmas. We're going to help you out to make sure that if you plan on doing that, you do, you do the right thing. So we're going to, it's a series that we're going to do for a couple of weeks, and we'll be getting to the first part of it shortly. Hey folks, Coach Jen here from the Horse Tip Daily Show. All of us as horsemen mull over our horse's nutrition and stress out over their stress level and fret about their fitness. But when is the last time you puzzled over your horse's lounging and sleeping comfort? Research has shown us over and over that quantity as well as quality of rest and sleep are crucial for top athletic performance as well as overall well-being. Enter Stable Comfort by Promat. Stable Comfort mimics the characteristics of natural pasture, providing a safe, clean, and comfortable surface for your horse. Its wall-to-wall waterproof design gives your horse confidence to walk, lie down, and get back up without fear of slipping. And as a bonus, less bedding is required and results in fewer labor hours to clean stalls. Head on over to StableComfort.com and find out why champions like Nick Skelton, Mary King, and Chris Cox Use Stable Comfort by Promat Systems for their equine athletes. Glenn Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network. We are excited to bring you a special holiday helmet mini-series, giving the gift of safety, purchasing a helmet for your loved ones at Christmas. In cooperation with Charles Owen and Riders for Helmets, we have created this six-part mini-series to highlight some amazing real-life stories and some tips on buying helmets as gifts. This is a series of short segments that will run on this show over the next six weeks. This week, we speak with Roy from Charles Owen on the importance of helmet fit, and next week, we'll hear the amazing story of recovery from someone who was saved by her helmet. Well, hi, Roy. Thank you so much for joining us on this special holiday helmet miniseries. We appreciate you being part of it. It's great to be part of something that we're so passionate about. Tell us a little bit about Charles Owen. You know, a lot of people have heard the name. Some are very familiar with it because they wear the helmets, but there are others who are not. 
Well, Charles Owen was started by my grandfather back in 1911. So we've been involved in helmets for over 100 years. The, our first um, motorcycle helmet was actually produced in 1928, and we got uh, our first horse racing helmet in 1938, which was actually won by the winner of the Grand National at the time. Can uh, I ask what they, were, what, what they were made out of back then? Oh, they right. were made of uh, shellac and linen uh, combination. Okay. Um, so, and then we had draw laces and concussion tapes, and then cork started to come in to uh, be used as a shock absorber before we now get into the more modern materials. Huh. Oh, very interesting. Okay. So Charles Owen really was, was trying to produce helmets that were very much at the leading edge. And we got involved very early on back in the early 50s in the standards committees, which actually helped to develop the, the attributes of a helmet and what we need in a helmet and develop the research from the doctors and the uh, research, accident research people to really understand what we were trying to produce. You know, obviously up to modern day where you have a wide selection and variety of helmets at Charles Owen uh, to cover a number of disciplines. Oh, yes. We have the largest range of safety products, which allows people to really decide on their own style. They're not kind of wearing a helmet for a helmet's sake. But now it's become very much part of the outfit. And we've seen this now with the dressage communities now starting to come on board. And they are looking for their own style to complement their uh, overall picture. And as we get through this series over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about style and function. And also we're going to talk about understanding the standards and, and the certifications and everything that goes into helmets so people know what they're looking for when they go shopping for one. Today, we want to talk a little bit about helmet fit. And, you know, we're talking in this series about giving the gift of safety, basically purchasing a helmet for your loved ones at at the holidays, at Christmas time, how it's the perfect gift. But one of the things that, that we have to be aware of is fit, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And there is, I must totally agree with, there is no better gift than giving the gift of safety. And often when people approach this, they spend a lot of time perusing what type of model they're going to buy and the, you know, trying to understand the technologies that people are talking about. But really, that's very much only part of the story. It's thinking about how do you get the helmet to fit the person you're buying the helmet for? I mean, there are many, many uh, accidents that we investigate where helmets have not fit properly and the person has had either a severe injury or has actually died just because the helmet didn't fit. There was nothing wrong with the helmet, but the helmet actually shifted during the accident and exposed the head, and that's not given, and so you got no protection at all. Now, as far as helmet fit itself is concerned, uh, they are to be fairly snug, and the general rule of thumb I always heard was like a, a finger's length above the eyebrow. I mean, some people, um, depending on the, on the depth of your head, uh, depends on how far it comes down. And some people really do like to have the helmet right down on the eyebrows so they can see the edge of the helmet. It kind of gives them that, that, that ring of confidence that they've got something that's going to protect them. 
But um, the general rule is, yes, um, about three-quarters of an inch above the eyebrows allows a little bit of air to get into the forehead and keep the rider cool. Um, I often, for people who have never experienced a helmet, I normally say it's a bit like buying a new pair of boots or a new pair of uh, good shoes. They're going to be supportive. They're going to be a little bit tight, and you're not going to expect to wear them for eight hours on the first outing. Um, so often with a new helmet, uh, to try it wearing it around the house rather than actually on horseback. So if it does get a little bit tight in the place, you can just lift the helmet. Because what happens is if you have an area of tightness, your head expands in that part of tightness. And of course, because you've made the, your head bigger in that area, it actually makes it tighter. And so therefore you get this whole... Um, uh, vicious circle of of, of pain and, and, and tightness. So just lifting the helmet off your head allows your head to revert to its original uh, head shape and the helmet would have been stretched a little bit in that place. So just wearing it for an hour or so just around the house will make will help to break in the helmet. And the more and more often you put it on and off your head, the best way to break a helmet in. So the fit of the helmet is really important. And of course, when you're buying it for somebody else, you need to have a few strategies to uh, arrange a correct helmet for them. So maybe the first strategy, which is kind of the easiest, is if the person's already got a helmet and you're thinking, hmm, this helmet's getting a bit tired, maybe we need, you know, they would like to have a new fresh helmet of the same style, you can obviously look inside the helmet and uh, take a uh, note of the model and the size and uh, of course just order a replacement for them hoping that the uh, their original helmet fit okay but of course often when we do helmet checks we find that helmets don't fit okay sometimes people have got helmets that are three sizes too big for them and so you have to have another strategy for this so we would always um, uh, suggest you find a local retailer. Uh, in fact, we do a lot of training of retailers and give and issue certification certificates to the employees that we actually train. Because obviously it's not the store that we train, it's the individuals inside it. And if that individual isn't serving you, then you're not going to be getting the best experience. So that's the first thing to search, and if you do have a problem finding somebody, then uh, we would only be too happy over our website to answer any questions about finding a retailer that would suit. So thinking about you're not sure what type of helmet is going to work for them, um, the first thing is uh, simply uh, getting a gift card for them, uh, which specifies that you want to have this gift card go towards a helmet purchase. And most retailers will issue a gift card. Now, if we want to step it up a bit and really kind of get this sense that you're trying to give a gift of safety, then maybe having the card for an appointment with a professional helmet fitter would actually really emphasize that you do take care. This is not just a, a products you're purchasing, you're actually going to be purchasing an experience for them. And they're actually perhaps very, very first time in their life, they might have actually be going for a professional helmet fitting. So talk to your local retailer about whether that's something they can offer. 
something else that you could do if you if you're just feeling that you can't arrange for the for that helmet fitting to take place is perhaps buying something a little bit on the larger size because you know when you open up the present the worst thing is is when you can't even get the helmet on your head <laughs> so buying something a little bit on the big side but there's a big warning here a lot of stores will not accept return helmets um, it's, uh, they often have it. So if you are going to buy something that you're intending to return or have it refitted, do make sure that the store is going to be happy because some stores will only allow gift certificates and won't allow you to return the helmet. And then, of course, that's, that's a real nightmare. And I might offer another alternative, too, is that you take the person early, forget about the surprise, tell them you're buying the helmet for them for the holidays, and let them start wearing it right away. So they get the protection immediately, and you still are getting them the gift of, of safety. So, Oh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great, great suggestion. That would, now, an, an area that also that a lot of people ignore about um, fitting, and in fact, some stores actually don't do this for you because they expect the customer to do it themselves is adjusting the harness they kind of fit the helmet on your head and then they just kind of leave you to do the straps so do when you do the ha- uh, have the helmet fitted do make sure that they take care to adjust the strap underneath your chin as well as the uh, adjustment systems at the rear of the head because if those systems are not adjusted correctly it's quite possible for the helmet to actually fly off the uh, off the head during the uh, during the fall, and of course, then the whole of the rest of the fitting system has has been rendered useless. Something else that I've seen a thousand times over, and people a lot of people don't realize that if your helmet, it, your current helmet, is more than five years old, you should replace it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, five years of you know an average user. I mean, if you're somebody that rides every day, it's probably going to be a shorter life than that. Where can people learn more about the Charles Owens helmets that are available for the holidays? Well, our website is a great place to start. It has a whole range, um, but uh, it's always worthwhile just popping down to your local retailer um, who has a good selection of, uh, of helmets. Thank you, Roy. We'll be back again next time to talk about the standards and the standards and certifications inside a helmet and what do they mean? Thank you to Riders for Helmets for everything they do for helmet awareness and safety. You can visit them at ridersforthenumber4helmets.com. And thank you to Charles Owen. You can visit them at charlesowen.co.uk. Back next week with the amazing story of a woman who survived a very tragic fall thanks to her helmet. Next, we have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Dr. Wendy Ying. Wendy is a veterinarian, and her uh, her practice is called Five Elements for Animals. And she her the services that she provides is um, a combination of traditional Chinese veterinary medicine and traditional practice. And uh, so she offers acupuncture, chiropractic therapies, herbal therapies, laser therapies, nutrition consults, wellness consults. So, um, but she is a DVM, so she's got that science background as well as the, the, um, 
alternative medicine background. And she's just an all around really good person. She's adventurous. She's competitive. She competes uh, her sport cobs in combined and pleasure driving and and she's pretty damn good at it, too. And she has a great personality. So she's going to come on and talk to us today, mostly me, though, about my new horse, Brody. Because when Wendy was last on, we discussed my then new horse, Pi, who is definitely a fire element. And we talk about whether or not I'm a fire element or earth or metal or wood. And then how those elements match up with Brody, my new horse. So we're going to hear from Wendy about that. We have Dr. Wendy Ying back with us, my favorite, favorite Horse Radio Network host after Glenn and Jen and Jamie, <laughs> Tammy, Alan. Um, no, seriously, we have um, Wendy and I have not spoken in quite a while because she's like a traveling fool. She's out there having fun and moving into great new places and, and doing all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so welcome back, Wendy. Thanks for coming on Stable Scoop today. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, so you're totally one of my favorite people because you are um, you get to do all this cool stuff in life and you're really smart and you help treat animals in like a whole bunch of different ways. And one of the things that we talked about the last time we were together online was um, the elements of, of certain horses right. because at the time I was horse shopping and I had found yeah. um, my sports car, what I thought was like, you know, my soulmate. But – Um, It turned out that he was essentially like a Ferrari and I need to go off-roading. So that wasn't really a match made in heaven. But one of the things that you had said to me was that, you know, animals have, I mean, people have our our elements and animals are elements. So um, that wasn't a good match because he was a, he was fire and I'm fire. Yeah. They have different personalities. Like the elements have different personalities involved and and some personalities go well together and support each other and others clash and kind of go against each other. So when we're talking about, now this applies to people and horses as well, right? Right. How do you know? Yeah, exactly. How do you know like what your own personality element is? Well, um, first of all, it's a little bit hard to tell your own personality because we all have a little bit of everything every element in our personality. So you have to try to figure out what's the dominant part of your personality. And also in different situations, um, you know, you'll thrive and part of your personality will come out. Like, for example, when Glenn and I do the radio show, he wants to make sure I'm fire, like all my fireness is coming out. But some days (laughs) I don't feel all fire. Some days I feel like earth. Yeah. And so so we all have... parts of all the elements um so and with the animals too like you your relationship with your animal like with your dog you might be willing to have a different kind of you might be okay with a fire dog but with your horse where you're riding them and they can hurt you and they you want them to take care of you and you might you know board them out somewhere else where other people are involved you know maybe a fire one won't work in that situation because it'd be too much work Right. You know, just like like um, human relationships, you have to decide, like, wow, is this relationship worth worth the work I have to put into it? <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, well, I think one of the things that people are always looking for, both in their human companions and probably in their equine companions, is that concept of, like, a soulmate. 
You know, at least when you're looking right. for a pet horse, like I think trainers and competitors are looking more for a performance. So they have a little bit more right. um, uh, objective point of view. Yeah. But, you know, when you're shopping for your own personal horse, sometimes that that can get get muddy. So you kind of have to have an idea of what your element is and then what what the horse's predominant element would be. Like, right. And like just quickly the like the fire is like the party animal, like diva, you know, that kind of rushes to judgment and doesn't think ahead and then um but like super fun life at the party but gets themselves in I don't know any of those plan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or, or they have ADD, like go to my can't get a can't accomplish a task. But then the earth is like the nurturer, like great mom or real good buddy. Um, those tend to be really great amateur adult horse, but horses, but they can tend to be lazy. And then the next one is the metal, and the metal is like um, not really like a cuddle bunny, but uh, they do their job. They know what their job is, and they, they, you know, put their head down and go. And then the water is the fearful horse, and the water, um, they can actually be great horses, but they weigh, like, they're worried about everything. They're like, what if a tiger jumps out from the woods? What if that blue tarp blows and scares me? Like, they worry about all this stuff, so they need a really a person that they trust to support them. But even still, if you're a strong person, they're not really going to trust you because they worry that you're not planning ahead. They're just natural and, um, Right, right. And then um, the uh, last one is the wood. And the wood is, like, super aggressive. Like, they want to win, you know? Like, they can tend to be a little bit angry, but those make great upper-level horses, and those are really good um, horses for trainers because they are—they have like so much heart. But it takes sometimes it takes a lot of determination to get their best performance. Right. That one's a lot of work. That's the kind of horse that, like, you go through this hell of a lesson, and you think, "Ah, oh, I did it." Then you come back next week, you do the same lesson, and they make <laughs> you work for it the same time. So. So that's like a basic view of what that horse is. So then you have to decide, like, what type you are. Like, we decided you're a flyer, right? I'm, well, I, I go back and forth. I think that's an understatement, actually. Well, no, 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 no. There's, <laughs> I'm, I'm fire and earth. So, like, on, on, there's, I, I don't know how you would describe this, but there's, like, two levels to me. So deep right. down, quiet, personal time, like, totally, totally earth. But right. out and about when I'm – I can be both. Actually, when I sit in the saddle, there's days where I'm like totally a fire and there are days right. when I'm totally an earth. And I think my new horse, Brody, he's an old-time appy and um, he's – so he's sort of built like those Lusitanos. You know, he's sort of beefy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with this long, beautiful tail, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. Um, and so he's pretty – chill he's very cuddly and yeah not, not much rattles him he's always willing to go he's like whatever you know but he's yeah. not a plug like he'll if like I can ride him to the post office downtown by ourselves on a you know cold right. windy day but he'll be lucky you know he'll he'll be like whoa yeah. what's that well he's so he's not like an earth to me which is great for you because the fire nurtures the earth right oh. so you give him a lot of like and support and like he an earth wants a fire personality like 
owner or caretaker. Yeah. And then for you, like, that's a great relationship for you, especially if there's earth tendencies, because you guys want to take care of each other. You want to be best friends. You're, like, happy. You want to do things together. So that's actually a very, very good combination. That's awesome. Yeah. Whereas, like, say he was a, 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 a wood, that's the one that's kind of aggressive. Yeah. Like, first of all, he'd be like, why aren't we schooling dressage every day? I don't want to go to the <laughs> post office. We have, you know, we have a show to go to or whatever. And then you'd be like, but I don't want to, I don't want to go to the post office today. And so he'd be like aggravated and trying to dominate you a lot. Yeah. And you so don't want a lot that. of training challenges, a lot of riding under saddle challenges. I want to do this. I want to do yeah. that. I don't want to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. And as a fire this personality, is... you're like, stop nagging me. I don't want to do it. It makes you want to do it even less. If a wood tries to tell you, you need to do it. Say that again. Okay. So if a wood tries to tell you, you need to do it, makes you want to do it right. Makes you not right. Want to do it even less. I get that. Like if, yeah, if you had a trainer that like nagged you and like, come on, work harder, blah, blah, blah. You'd like, you'd change from just like trail riding, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I I would. <laughs> that doesn't bring the best out of you, like for fires and earth. Like, so for your horse, um, the best way to train them is to, like, especially earth or the food or doing happy things, like, make them feel like it's not work because they don't want to work. No, it has to be sort of fun. You have to make it, it has like, to be fun. a little adventure for them and mix yeah. it up. You could definitely, get, which is good because we like to, I, I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. There's no way I could do circles Me all too. day long. Yeah, I know. I agree. And also, Earth tend to be a little bit worried inside. Like, when they get unbalanced, they kind of worry a little bit. Like, you know how if you have a really nurturing mom, um, like, they seem really calm on the outside, but inside they're worrying about everything because they worry inside that people aren't happy or they're, you know, hungry or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, I get so it. They have a little bit of, they're, they're more prone to stomach ulcers and some internal worry. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. I love my new horse. <laughs> we do it when yeah, I go out. like a great match. He really is. When I go out to do stalls at lunchtime, I, I put my iPod on and I dance around the barnyard and he comes and he's right there with his little, his lips and my hair. And, you know, Aww. he's like, what do you, what, let's dance. What's happening here? What's, what's going on? So he's definitely very personable. And, um, I think it's a really, it's a, it's a good match. So I consider myself one of the lucky ones. Oh, great. What do you think, Glenn? I think you finally did it and that you'll have less broken bones now. Well, I don't know about the less broken, (laughs) but I could just be walking across the street and break some bones. Let's just, let's get that straight. Versus don't really factor into that too much for me. (laughs) I think it's good. I think, I think you do have a match there. Good. Yeah, Good. I think that's what you needed. You needed something that was going to take care of take care of you for a change, rather than you trying to train it yeah. uh, all the well, time. And it sounds like you're happy. It sounds I'm like so you're really happy. I'm so happy. I mean, he can sit for a week, and then you get back on him. And you know, other than the steering, which is just an old training issue, yeah, you just got to remind mm-hmm. him of left and right, <laughs> inside leg and outside leg. But he's just such a trooper. And it's that's another thing about Earth. Earth horses, I found, is that it's kind of like riding or driving a boat like once they get going in a certain direction it's really hard to stop them from, like, <laughs> yes it takes twice as long yeah and and um, dr shay says because when the earth starts going like the momentum of it it's hard to stop the earth 
That so, is so I, accurate. You know, which I thought was really funny because I thought, oh, come on, that's not really, come on, all earthworms aren't going to be like that. But it's true. It like, you tell them to turn and it takes a little while for them to think, oh, they said turn. Okay, I get to turn. Okay, <laughs> here I go. Okay, they're turning. <laughs> <laughs> it is. He's like driving an ocean liner. It's, yeah. You go, like he gets me through the trees. We have this one big maple tree in our field that just sort of hangs down really low. And I put my leg yeah. on like, you know, 200 yards ahead of time. And we still end up under that stupid tree. <laughs> my helmet gets well, all uh, spiked up. Yeah, well, the benefit of that is your legs are going to get much stronger riding this horse. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. Well, oh, that's good. Now, Wendy, do you have all of your horses down with you now to, in Florida? Um, I actually have four of them with me, and uh, two of them are still at the trainers. So uh, they're, they're doing good. I have the, the three little black ones, and I have a little baby horse. And um, I left some of the other ones at the trainers, so they're going to get ready to go in the team. And are so they're you gonna, learning to drive there. And are you going to be competing at all coming up? Or? Yep, I'm going to compete. I'm going to compete pair this year. So I think my first show is in December. Cool. I can get my act together. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the hardest part, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Wendy, for joining us. We really appreciate it. You've made Helena feel better now. Oh, yeah. Not oh, that great. I really. Yeah, but I love having you on. So come back again. We'll talk some more stuff. And if there's something you oh, want to great. talk about, you know, scoop it. Scoop it. Yeah. Well, I would love to come on anytime. And I love, you know, I love to talk about horse personality. So. Anytime one, I'll be back. All okay. right. Thank you, Wendy. And don't forget, you can hear Wendy every week on the Driving Radio Show at drivingradioshow.com. See you, Wendy. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm with Debbie from Equestrian Collections. How are you, Debbie? Hi, Glenn. I'm just great. And this week, I wanted to feature something that we have on our website, www.equestriancollections.com. You know, a lot of people say, are you only online? Well, you know what? We have taken care of that for you. We are online, but we're also catalogs online. If you go to our website and at the very top of the page of the homepage, you will see a little box that says catalogs. You click on that, and all the catalogs from our different vendors come up. All you have to do is click on any one of them, and it opens up just like a book. It's just really cool. You just click at the bottom of the page, and the page turns as if you were looking at a catalog, um, you know, sitting there uh, in bed or something. But the best part of this kind of catalog is if you click on it, and we have this item available. All you have to do is click on it. It takes you right over so you can order it right there. So it's very convenient, and you can look at all the different things and just spend all day doing that if you'd like because we've got plenty of them. I do really like that the fact that uh, you're looking at the at, really at the manufacturer's catalog, and if you guys have it, you can just click on it. It takes you to the order page. If you don't have it, it just pops up with a little thing that says item not available so you know exactly what you can get and what you can't get. That's exactly right, and that's such a help, too, because, you know, if we can't get it, then you can't get it. So here we go. We can every, you'll know right away if you can get it from us. Very good. That's uh, Go to EquestrianCollections.com, the Catalogs tab at the top of the page at EquestrianCollections.com. 
Well, that was fun. Dr. Ying is always a lot of fun. I have a great time doing this show with her. Even if you aren't interested in driving, you can see that, you know, just listening to a show that she on, she's on would be a lot of fun. So we have a lot of people that listen to the driving show that aren't drivers, just because they, they like listening to they uh, like Wendy. And we have some great guests over there, too. Well, right after this word from Draper, we are going to go to Heidi Harriet. Heidi is a trick trainer, and she has a new show coming out she's going to talk to us about that will teach you how to teach your horse tricks. But Heidi comes from a circus family and an entertainment family. Uh, she's been doing you know, trick training and a, and a professional entertainer and horse trainer and horse lover for her whole, her whole life. She's third or fourth generation. I forget. She'll probably tell us. Uh, in this business, and she just is a fun person. I think you're going to like her. So let's go to horse trainer and trick trainer, Heidi Harriet. All Draper products are made in the USA and contain salient. Salient encourages not only the alleviation of pain and other negative symptoms, but an actual improvement of the body's natural systems. Clinical studies have shown that Cellient relieves pain, increases comfort, and aids in healing by increasing oxygen levels and helping to regulate body temperature in you and your horse. From knee, elbow, and back braces for you to cooler sheets, pads, boots, and wraps for your horse. See all the products for humans, dogs, and horses at DraperTherapies.com. Find out why riders all across the world are turning to Draper Therapies at DraperTherapies.com. And like them on Facebook, just search for Draper Therapies. Well, hi, Heidi, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hello, how are you? Good. We thank you for uh, coming on with us today. Uh, you know, we, we want to talk about your TV show coming up, but, but for the audience that doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a third-generation entertainer and horse trainer. I was so privileged to grow up being around my uh, father and grandfather training horses and various animals. And um, we we exhibit our animals. We take them to different shows at fairs and rodeos, circuses, horse shows, zoos, and do exhibitions. So it's it's been great. It's something I love doing. And now, as I was doing that, people around the country would say, oh, I'd give anything to do that. I ride a dancing horse and wear a pretty dress and get to wear bling for a living. So I found that people were really interested in wanting to do that kind of recreationally where, you know, horse shows have gotten expensive and some people just aren't that competitive. So I started working with people around the country, but because I, I've been on the road for three years and traveling, I didn't have a home base to teach, to train for folks. So I put all my training stuff, I started doing it online. Well, I'm happy to say that morphed into a TV series that actually premieres on Sunday called Horse Tricks, T-R-I-X. And I teach step-by-step trick horse training. So I allow people in the comfort of their barn and their comfort zone to teach their own horses to train them to do some fun tricks. Like, what's the, what, give us an example of a trick, or what, what are some of your oh, favorites? Oh, well, I start with a yes. The horse uh, nodding his head yes, and then a no, and then the smile. So right there you have a fun repertoire. You could talk to your friends if your horse says yes, your horse says no, it smiles at you. It's cute. <laughs> then, it's cute. Yeah. And those are nice and easy. So I always start there because I want you to get a feel for how your horse is going to react. It's very important the horse has basic training, a good foundation and manners, no matter what you're going to do, but even with trick training. And then we move into the pedestal, the, the bow, the bow down, and then a bow to mount, the most requested trick I get because when I'm at a show, I bow my horse to get on and 
people yeah, block over and say, yes, I need to do that. I don't carry any kind of mounting block. I just bow my horse down. So those types of things, they're, they're all things with somebody who's got a horse with good manners and a good foundation that are achievable. And I highlight safety, safety, safety. It's the first uh, principle of training that I, I talk to people about. And um, so we have a lot of fun doing it. And, again, I'm, I'm trying to allow a wider range of people to be able to do this. Because I know people want to have fun with their horse. It's fun to go out to the barn and do this kind of stuff, you know? You know, I think it is. It's it's different than some of the serious training. I mean, we're always talking about serious training and like you said, yeah. manners and all that stuff. So this is kind of fun. It's like totally on the surface, but I bet a, a heck of a lot of fun for, for both of them, for both the owners yeah. and the horses. It's a good day when you're um, enriching your horse, making them think, using their brain power. You're spending time with a lot of the stuff we're doing is on the ground, at least initially. And um, it's a great interaction and it, it just enhances the relationship. You know, it's it's just a great way to go about it, and um, and I hear from people so often that they now have a new renewed interest in going out to the barn. It's just they get a ride by themselves, or they're not show people, or some are, you know. But it it just gives you a whole different uh, a whole different thing to do, and I call it actually horseplay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, you know, you're absolutely right. Everybody wants to, you know, you see, you see other horses do tricks and people want to do it, but they don't know how to teach their horses how to do it. So I think this is cool. You know, and what's important is they want to teach tricks, but what I offer to them is three generations of, of our family training and then what I've experienced and learned myself. And we have, we walk you through, so there's a vision to teach a lot of tricks because people get hung up with confusion on cues not knowing how to use a release cue, not making their cues very separate and distinct. Um, so those are all things that I bring to the table for folks that they say, ah, that's what was missing. That's why I got this far with it and couldn't get it finished. So I try to walk through from start to finish. And um, if, you, if you're getting it and you're doing it right and your horse has a good foundation, you could actually go work at your church and do a little show. <laughs> 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 You'll I be the get, talk of the neighborhood. <laughs> I want to do this for a parade next year. We're gonna. There I'm, I'm going to take my one horse and make it a one horse parade. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, it's fun. It's good stuff. And again, you know, through the TV show on my website, I've been offered able to provide this for viewers without a charge to them. You know, times are tough. The economy is difficult, and uh, I love what I do. I'm I'm privileged to get to do it. And it gives me, the TV show gives me an opportunity to, to reach a lot more folks. So I'm really excited about that. And it does air this Sunday at 6.30 on Rural TV, which is this channel 232. But then it will also air on my website the following day. And every episode can be found on my website as well. And that's HeidiHarriet.com. Horse there. Tricks as well. It's T-R-I-X. So either one, HorseTricks.com or HeidiHarriet.com. Okay, got it. You can and find it in either place. And you also assist uh, people with horses that have issues and, and tra- you know, behavioral issues and things like that. Absolutely. Are there horses I'm, that can't learn tricks, that just won't you know, do it? I haven't encountered any, and um, sometimes we have to go back and really fix their, you know, fix the, the holes in their training or their lack of training. But we, um, we never had the latitude in our family to, to get horses and then say, oh, this one doesn't work out, we're going to kind of... Put it back and get another one. 
well, I always like to say we didn't, we never had a horse. We couldn't train. And, um, but what I do tell other folks is, you know, I, I'm a professional. I do this day in and day out that not to get hurt. So if you have a horse who's really difficult and we do encounter those, um, get some professional help before you, you know, if you're having a lot of trouble with the trick training, that tells you there's holes in your foundation or you have a horse who's really needs some professional training to, to bring him down and behave. So I do, I do always caution that. But other than that, I mean, I haven't met many horses that we couldn't, we couldn't train, you know, and again, it's great because it starts them thinking, it develops the bond and the interaction and uh, it's a great day to spend time with your horse when it feels good, you know? It does. It, it, that sounds like a lot of fun. And, yeah. you know, it's not without, it's not like there's any magic to it. I mean, there's obviously knowledge and, and you're leading the way there. But you also have, one of the things that you put on your we- website is a list of tools that are helpful yes. for this kind of training. And, you know, what's nice is there's nothing magical. It's not like you have to go out and, you know, invest no. in this custom set of tools. It's some basic stuff. G- give us a quick, you know, like the top five tools that you think are important for this Absolutely. type of Absolutely. I'm so happy you said that. I don't want you to break the bank. You know, see what you have in your barn, borrow from friends a good old-fashioned halter, a set of reins that snap in, a little dressage whip or a crop, a single hobble if you really want to be effective training the bow with some other tricks. I sell those because they're very hard to find. That's about the only thing on there that you're, you know, that you might not have in your barn. And you're good to go. Uh, some treats, and we talk a lot about not overusing or having a bag. And, um, again, I, I don't want you to break the bank. Just use what you have. And uh, the magic is not in the tools. The magic is in the time you spend with your horse and the foundation that's on them. Once you have a good foundation, everything falls into place from there. That's awesome. The magic is in the time you spend. That is, yes. that's quote worthy. That's quote worthy. That's probably, yes. that's probably true of relationships and families and everything else. Isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We can exactly. have stuff, but it's the time we spend and the bonds we forge and, you know, the rewards, the discipline, the progress, but it's all based on the, on the time and, and what we put into it. We get it out of it, what we put into it, as with anything in life. And, um, you know, it, it, again, it's just great. I know there's so many horse lovers out there. I hear from so many of them, and I'm trying to help them, you know, have a little piece of uh, maybe what their dream is, you know, have a little fun with this. Now, I, this is, I, sorry, I, I just have to tell you, I saw something. I saw something funny on your website under career highlights. And again, you've, you've done Animal Planet's Pet Star. You've worked at Walt Disney World, Ringling Brothers, uh, Arabian Nights. A lot Nights of horse Theater. shows, yeah. yeah. But there was one on here I want to ask about, Studio 54. Where'd that come in? <laughs> well, actually, I've been an aerialist most of my life, too. I've kind of retired from that, but I did uh, trapeze. And I worked at Studio 54 on a few occasions, and it was a quite an experience, I can tell you. <laughs> Which, you are totally my new hero. You are, like, totally my new hero. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. So I've gotten to experience some neat things. And, and that, for a point, I did the horses and the trapeze and kind of combined it. That was a lot of fun. And now I'm working with the horses, and I'm actually training at a stable in Florida. For the winter and helping other folks, I'm out on the obstacle course right now, which is why there's wind. And uh, so we're having fun. Again, we're just trying to get people to do things that are safe and fun with their horses. And this obstacle course that's really popular now is another great way to make sure your horse is desensitized and ready for whatever comes at them. And now you, you're you in Sarasota, Florida? 
Yeah, I'm just outside of Sarasota called Parish, Florida, just north of Sarasota. Yep. Yeah. One of our other guests on the show today, Dr. Wendy Ying, is in Sarasota. So that, that's, that's, oh, excellent. that's interesting. And also, what a lot of people probably don't know is Sarasota is home to the Ringling Brothers uh, Museum. Yes, it is. Actually, my father's been honored by the Circus Museum, the Ringling Circus Museum, and I'm their, I'm their MC in the winter when we do the inductees. So I get to enjoy that. But yes, Ringling, John Ringling brought the circus here in the 50s, and that's when they made the movie The Greatest Show on Earth. So it's home to a lot of the uh, show folks because, again, like right now, we're having spectacular weather, and you could practice all winter and then load up and head out on the road, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's a, a city that has uh, quite a claim for that, for sure. Well, this is terrific. Again, the show is coming up. Uh, we'll put links to it on our Facebook page. It's going to be November 11th at 6.30 on Rural TV. And if you don't get Rural TV, then it's going to be on your website. Will they be able to watch the full episode there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get this out to as many people as want to train their horse. We're going to have some fun. Well, I can and see I'm it. available on my website. You can reach me. You can ask questions. I want to see your pictures of your trick horses. There's lots of manuals and information on the site, including the beginning training. So take advantage of all that. It's all there for you. I can see you doing this with your horse, Helena. Oh, totally. I told you, she's my new hero. I'm, I'm... We need pictures when you do. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I might be a little bit dirty, and you might see my horse laughing at me in the pictures, but I'll send them. Very That's good. the problem with teaching the smile. The horse smiles at you at inopportune times, and you, you just have to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, Usually for truly me, it's happens when I'm on the ground. <laughs> All right. Thank, yeah. you. thank you, Heidi. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow, what a full day of guests we had today. It always happens that way. When we, have, we don't have really a, a, a solid plan, we end up with like 10 guests and a That's really right. good show. <laughs> That's right. Well, next week we are going to start the holiday season for you. And I know it's a little early. We haven't done Thanksgiving yet. But some gifts that you plan for for the holidays, you, can't, you, know, you have to get in advance because you, there are things you can't buy at the last minute. No. Nope. Um, so we're going to do our annual holiday gift buying episode with Equestrian Collections. We're, we're doing that next week. So that'll give you a little bit of a head start on the holidays. We do it every year. I think this is going to be your, maybe our fourth year for doing that. 2000. Uh, no, didn't we start in 2007? Oh, no, 2008. Eight, we brought the yeah. holiday thing on. Right. Yeah. Four yeah, years. Four years. Boy, this, I know. we've been doing this for five years. I know. <laughs> Holy I cow. The end of our fourth year, we're going to be going into our fifth year. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Lots right. happened. We've moved twice. You've moved. <laughs> Once. A lot has happened. So we're yeah. going to be doing that next week. We're going to get you a start on the holidays, hopefully with lots of great gift ideas. I want to mention, too, just real quick, that if uh, if you want one of the cool ideas that I have, I'm going to put a plug in for my brother, is signs make a great uh, you know gift idea because it's very personal. It's something they know you put some thought and effort into. Yeah. So whether it's a farm sign, a barn sign, or a sign for your horse or a stall plate or whatever, Easy Signs Online is offering the Horse Radio Network listeners a 15% discount if you go to easysignsonline.com slash holidays um, you can get a 15% discount and free shipping on a sign order so, and he's, he's gotten pretty good. several orders deal. yeah he's gotten several orders from our listeners who are buying their their spouses or, or their friends uh, signs for the holiday which is really a good idea because um, we all have barns and sometimes we don't get around to getting a sign made for our farm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all want one, but we, I know, and you like want a not cool at the top one. of the list. Yeah, you, know, you want a really good one, and he does really good ones. So check it out. That was just that's a free plug right there for my brother. Nice. Uh, that's it uh, for this week, Helena. You take care up there in the blizzard. I know we're we're expecting power power outages again, so I got to oh, go geez. fill up some water for the horses. I do feel bad for everybody in the Northeast now getting snow on top of everything else. Well, it's the yeah the cold temperatures. I think the the shore, the Jersey Shore, and like Long Island and Manhattan, they probably won't get snow because again they're so close to the to the water. But um, it's the high winds and knocking those lines out. It's it's tree limbs and the power lines. Which, you know what? For a lot of New Yorkers, it's not going to be a big deal because they still don't have power. I know. It's so sad. And living in the city like that, we didn't think about it the other day. But, you know, you've lived, you've been in the city a lot. When you live on the, I saw a report, some of these people live on the 30th, 40th, 50th floor. They don't have elevators. No. They're having to walk down if they want to leave the place. I know. A lot of people have... You know, they're going to stay with relatives or they'll get a hotel room that, you know, is maybe on the second or third floor. But it's expensive. Well, you know, who has the money to go, especially in this economy, who has the money to go take a vacation in their hometown? That's not a lot of fun. Well, but, we're wishing uh, them all the best of luck there in New York and New Jersey. Yeah. That's it for this week, Alina. That is plenty. So we'll be back next week with more. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>